Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is Jonathan and my wife. Brandy. We're here to talk about today, we're going to be focusing on the Tesla Model 3, that's the car we bought, and we're gonna be talking about a lot of the features we like about it, why we went electric, uh, and different things. I guess a good place to start this story out is what we had before we went electric. Exactly. Um, well, I had a 2005 Chevy Cavalier um, that I bought brand new, um, drove it off the lot with 27 miles on the odometer, um, got really excellent gas mileage for years uh, between 35 and 40 miles per gallon. So that's what I had. I had a Ford F-150 Lariat. At the time, I had an IT company and... I used it to haul equipment from one job to the next. But what happened was, is I had to shut that business down. And when I did, I didn't really have that need of hauling things as often. And it was costing us two to 300 a month in gas because gas had kind of gone up at that time. And we had decided that we were going to trade it in. So we ended up trading it in on not a full electric, but a Ford Fusion hybrid sedan Yes, it's a 2017. We actually bought that one new. Um, just kind of happened that way. We were able to get a pretty good deal on it, and we were able to trade in the Ford for more than what we owed on it. Because, I mean, Ford F-150s, the general gas vehicles, are a highly sought-after vehicle for uh, construction workers, farmers, anybody who needs to haul things. So we lucked out in that avenue. We just couldn't justify paying that much in gas at the time. Uh, we well, I was doing a lot of commuting. We were. We were doing a lot of commuting. Um, we worked together, but there were times where we both needed a vehicle at lunch to run errands or do different things. So um, it's amazing how quickly that 10-mile uh, trip adds up, especially when you're getting 12 miles to a gallon <laughs> in a big truck. That's true. And, you know, it was... and it wasn't just highway traffic. It was a lot of stop and go, you know, yes. on our commute. So that really ate it up. So we ended up going with the Fusion. It got how many miles a gallon? Um, well, right. It's a little weird how it, it does it. Can it, you explain it, some of it that? It does, yes. Um, when we first bought the Ford Fusion, it had 20 completely electric miles. And um, then you can fill it up with gas. Um, I think the gas tank's around 14 gallons, which is pretty standard. Um, so what happens is you can run out your electric miles and as you're driving, um, everything you're doing when you're letting the vehicle roll or when you're braking adequately, it helps recharge that battery. So it helps you increase your gas mileage. So it becomes an assistant. It does. To it, it, it does assist the, the engine. Um, and of course, you know, 20 miles was the full charge at the time. So anytime we were just driving down the street to go to the grocery store and coming back, uh, we would run completely electric. And of course, that was several years ago. We actually bought that one in 2016. So, you know, you know how it is when it's a, a new vehicle, you technically buy it the year before. Um, yeah. That's just how that works. And so that's been several years now. So now, of course, with battery degradation, you're going to have that with any vehicle, whether it's electric or hybrid. Um, in the summer, our full charge is around 12 or 13 miles now. Yeah. 
and in the winter the full charge is more like ten, nine, nine, nine ten to ten. Um, but that helps me with my daily commute now, which is basically to take our daughter to school and pick her up from yeah, school. Yeah, because Brandy ended up working from home with the new job that she got. So her real only daily use of that car is taking our daughter to and from school. Exactly. And that's on a full, you can do that on one electric charge I still. I can, I yeah. can. And even so, um, it still gets really good gas mileage being a sedan. And with that electric component, um, I average about 70 miles per gallon, um, so that's really good. It does even better on the interstate, which is also standard for a gas vehicle. Now, of course, at the time um, when we traded in the Ford, um, we started using the Ford Fusion as our primary car, and we demoted the Chevy Cavalier, and that was our backup car. Um, so that that's kind of how that happened and then when we ended up switching jobs and I was working from home it made sense that Jonathan would need to take um, he was still working at the office at that point and he was taking the Ford Fusion for his commute and I would keep the Cavalier to take the kids to school um, so in early 2001 this 2005 Chevy Cavalier started having some issues it had over 110,000 miles. Um, it would s suddenly shut down. Just, you know, the things you can expect from a car that old. Up until that point, we'd never really had major trouble with it. No, it was a really good vehicle. It really was. And it was one that I had bought before we were even married. So at that time, we decided it was time to trade it in, knowing that it was basically going to be probably a scrap job or something that you know, it was mainly to get it out of our hands. We didn't expect much out of it. We were hoping to get at least like $300 out of it, um, but we were lucky to get 500 got, Yeah, it was actually, I was surprised the trade-in value Tesla offered. Yes, so at that point, we had started looking at Teslas. So I'll let Jonathan take back over <laughs> talking about why we decided that we wanted to go with an a fully electric vehicle for the next one. Well, so I always wanted to go fully electric. Uh, I have always been, I'm not going to say, I always am environmentally conscious, right? I'm not overly environmentally conscious. I'm not, you know, doing everything I possibly can to help the environment. I'm just kind of maybe what your average person would do when I can, but I've always been conscious of that. And I knew that when it comes to the carbon footprint, the electric cars were the way to go. Plus having done all the research and things, I knew how much power and torque and all the benefits you get from an electric car, less maintenance, there's far less things to break down. There's no oil changes. There's, there's lots of pluses when it comes to the maintenance on it. And back then, we, there wasn't really a huge choice on electric cars. You had Tesla, you had Chevy, I think had the Bolt at the time. The Bolt was very low mileage, it was like a hundred miles on a charge, right? Uh, you had the Nissan Leaf, which again was one of those cars that had very low mileage on it. So there really wasn't that many full electric cars to choose from. Uh, Tesla, uh, when we bought it, it got 220 miles on a full charge, which was double what anybody else had at the time. And then we also uh, decided that I like Tesla as a company. Now, yeah, we're, we're not really going to go into all the 
stuff the CEO has been doing here lately, but I still believe that Tesla as a company has a lot of really good engineers and really a lot of, you know, a lot of people that work really hard on it. And I really enjoy their vehicles. Yes. And that's what they do. Yeah. They, they didn't switch over from a gas vehicle. They have always made this electric vehicle. Yeah. Now we did, now we did our research, right? And we didn't jump and go buy a brand new Tesla right off the bat. We were kind of looking around at what they had. Tesla, um, at that time, and they still do, they had a wide range of vehicles. It, it ranged from their luxury Model S. Then they have their Model X. It was more of a luxury SUV. And then they had the Model 3, which is more of their standard sedan price range. And there wasn't really much to choose from unless you ordered it brand new. How Tesla works is... If you order a car from Tesla brand new, they build it and then send it to your nearest dealership to pick it up. And I call it a dealership very loosely because you don't go into this dealership and, and negotiate for cars. You're simply there to pick it up. Right? Pretty much. Or have service done. Or have service done. And we didn't really want to do that. The price was a little higher than we were comfortable with. So we kind of waited and we're kind of on occasion looking at the website and checking out the website. And actually I believe Brandy was the one that texted me one day and said, hey, a used Tesla has popped up on their website in the color you wanted, blue. Mm -hmm. I really think we ought to check this car out. And so she sent me the link. I got online, I looked it up. I said, you know what? I really like it. I think we should put a deposit down. Mm -hmm. How so Tesla works that's is- That's what we did. Yeah, how Tesla works, you put a deposit down. You have to drive to the dealership. So we had to drive to Kansas City. We did. You inspect the car. If you like the car, then you finish the transaction. Uh, if you don't like the car, you lose your deposit, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you are pretty much buying sight unseen. You still have a chance to back out. But at that point, we were fairly certain that we were going to go through with it. Um, there were different options. You could opt to finance through Tesla. They would help you basically find a financer and you could also bring in your own financing. Um, we have a really good relationship with our credit union. Um, they hold our mortgage and um, they've done another vehicle loan for us. So we contacted our credit union and they did the standard assessment um, and we did our loan through the credit union. So basically, we picked up a check and we had a check that we took with us to this dealership um, with the intent of buying the car, knowing that we could just cancel that exactly. if we decided that there was something crazy wrong with the car. But Tesla certifies its used vehicles and you get an additional warranty and what, I mean, they take pictures of it. If there's any kind of minor cosmetic damage, they let you know about it. But we just felt like that was the best way to go because... Well, we it, saved $10,000. We did. And the car only had about 15,000 miles on it. No major cosmetic damage. Um, it was the color we liked, which that was a minor detail, but it just happened to work out. Yeah. And, um, it and I already, wanted the full self-driving. It already had the full self-driving pre-installed. Um, I'll let Jonathan explain a little bit more about that. So the full self-driving is extra hardware. It's extra cameras and it's a more powerful computer inside the dash to process all of that. Um, as of this recording today, I want to say Tesla charges $15,000 for the full self-driving package. Now, again, full self-driving, I'm going to tell you right now on this podcast, it is not full self-driving, right? 
it's tantamount to a souped up cruise control. Yes, right? very and much so. It's assisted cruise control. It's assisted cruise control. However, I do really enjoy it. Uh, it helps me on my daily commute. Yes, it has issues. Do I think that Tesla someday will crack the proverbial code and have fully autonomous self-driving? Yes, I do. I think eventually someday they'll get it. But I like the other features that it's used for lane keeping, uh, all that kind of stuff. It helps me on my daily commute. It does, and it helps avoid obstacles. Um, tell them about the deer. So yeah, so uh, part of my daily commute uh, is along a highway and there's lots of deer on this highway. And I had full self-driving engaged. I was paying attention, but I didn't even have time to react when a deer jumped out and the car reacted and avoided hitting the deer. Mm -hmm. And it was a large enough deer that would have done a lot of damage. Uh, so I'm, so it was really nice to have that feature and have it actually work the way it was intended. Yes, and um, even when you're not engaged in the full self-driving, um, if you're using cruise control on the Tesla, it will still alert you and make beeping noises and even brake if it detects yes. an obstacle. I was driving our Tesla yesterday and someone stopped short in front of me and the vehicle was braking before I reacted to brake. It's like I knew that it was going to brake, but you know, it, yeah. it, it was already applying now, that. Again, feature. a lot of vehicles have these features, right? However, I'm a technology guy. I like to support the development of technology, which is why I'm in this beta program. I have the full self-driving beta because I, when it messes up, I give feedback to Tesla so that they can work on the software and make it better, right? That's just something I enjoy. It's a total personal preference. It's not something you have to do. Exactly, and that's something I choose not to do. Um, of course, I don't drive our Tesla as often as Jonathan does. In fact, I tease him all the time that it's his car and that I got the hand-me-down Ford Fusion, but you know, it, it is what it is. I drive less than he does with being a uh, work-from-home person. So when I do take the Tesla though, I do, like when I go for a major grocery run, because with the Tesla being electric vehicle, it has these features that a hybrid doesn't. Um, with my Ford Fusion, the trunk space is very minimal. But with the Tesla, you have a huge trunk, plus an under trunk storage, plus you have the frunk area where the yeah. engine would be in a regular car. So um, it's really handy if you need to haul things in the Tesla. The back seats flip down. They do. So you can have a pass through into the cab so you can get something longer in there. Yes. You are limited by the, the size of the hole of the trunk. We've had several occasions where it would have fit in the car if we could have gotten it into the trunk. That's but true. It was but, a little too tall. But we were able to successfully haul um, an eight foot piece of trim. Um, we borrowed a truck when we needed to haul a bunch of trim, but then of course, you know how it goes. Everybody knows that you always leave something out and we had to get one more piece of trim and we were able to lay down one of the back seats and stick it through the trunk into the front of the car and haul that trim yeah. without damaging it. So, um, you know, the Tesla is a really great vehicle just for having all of those features. Yeah, and of course, you know, another thing I talked about earlier <clears throat> why we chose the Tesla was because of range, right? Other electric cars didn't have near the range at the time. Still don't on some of them. 
but when we first bought it, it was about 220 miles. That's on a hundred percent charge. Mm -hmm. If you're going on a trip right now, I think a hundred percent is about 205. Roundabouts. So we've, we've, we've dropped a little battery, battery degradation there, but not a lot. Normally I charge it anywhere between 50 and 80%. So if I'm not planning on going anywhere much over the weekend, I leave it charging at 50%. On my daily commute, I leave it charging at 80. I charge it when I get home. I ended up putting in a uh, 50 amp breaker and I ran line out to my carport and I put in an RV plug that's 240 and I have the mobile adapter. And so I charge on that. It charges at about 30 miles an hour, which is plenty for my daily commute and what I need to charge with it. Tesla recommends that you keep your charge between 50 and 80% and you only charge to hundred percent when you're planning on doing a trip in order to help lengthen the life of the battery. The other big thing that we really have enjoyed, we haven't took too many big trips, but we've taken a couple of good sized trips is the charging network for Tesla. You'll probably hear all kinds of stories all over the internet on how horrible some of these charging networks are because the other players in the field, uh, Chevy, Ford, they all partner with uh, Electrify America or other charging networks for you to charge their vehicles. Tesla's charging network is far and above the best out there. I don't see how anybody's going to catch up with that. We've had no issues with it. No issues at all. Um, it's been easy to find a place. Plus, the car tells you how to get there, and you're able to charge quickly. Um, the car knows when you're getting close to the station and starts preconditioning the battery for a better charge. Um, there's usually, they place these near a gas station or a shopping mall yeah. generally so that you can go and do something while you're waiting on your car to charge. The one we've used the most has been, uh, at the outlet malls in Little Rock. Yeah. Um, those have been extremely handy. And you're only, so, and technically, and people have asked me this before, they're like, Jonathan, how, how bad is the charging? It's not right. So normally when you get to a charging station, the car is going to tell you to charge long enough to get to the next charging station on your trip, right? That's going to average between 10 and 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if there's a really big gap, you might have to charge for 30 minutes. There has been time where Brandy and I made the conscious decision to charge longer because we decided that when we got to our destination, we wanted to have a little more battery left to toot around town uh, and do things with. But we've got no issues whatsoever with the charging network. Now, this summer, we're taking a big trip down to the Gulf. Uh, normally, I think it's, what, an eight and a half it's hour, eight It's probably about eight an eight hour. and a half hour drive if it were a, a, normal. a normal vehicle, not including stops. Of course, you know when you pull up something on MapQuest, it's not going to include stops. Yeah, you're still going to stop, but the Tesla tells us that we have to stop every so off the charge and that's going to take 12 hours for us to do that trip. Yes, but with, you know, traveling with the family of four, trying to have an inexpensive vacation, um, it makes sense for us to do that rather than fly. And we're considering the first and last day of the trip travel anyway. So we'll see how well the car does for I that. Think, yeah, I, that'll be a really good thing to update, do a little podcast on the trip maybe. Uh, when we get back, but I really don't foresee any issues. And I personally like having stops. I've never been the kind of person on a trip that just wants to plow and drive as many possible hours until I can't possibly stay awake, then stop and sleep. 
I've never enjoyed that. I haven't either. And with our kids, getting out to stretch your legs, I think will be a good thing. Plus, we're going to have to stop and eat anyway. So, I mean, it may be that we go through a drive-through somewhere and then sit at the charger and eat while we're waiting. And yeah, and you've got entertainment options. You do inside in the, the vehicle. Tesla. You can pull up your Netflix account, um, several other apps. Um, I want to say you've got the Netflix, you've got the Disney Plus, you've got YouTube, you got TikTok. You've and there's got, games. I mean, there's yeah. music. You you have options. So you're not sitting there bored, wait for your car to charge. You can sit well, there and watch a movie. Know, I'm never bored. I, I bring a book, but you know, it, there's mm -hmm. things you can do while you're charging. And the cost of the charging, basically how that works is you set up an account with Tesla and it's going to recognize your car. So you don't have to fiddle with a credit card or to punch in a number or anything like that. You just go to the station and you plug in your car. The and you're car, done. yeah, the car handles the rest, and it'll no. charge to your credit card on file. Um, I don't think we've ever paid more than eleven dollars for no. a charge. And people have asked me that question, and it's something I can't really tell you because the price you pay is not universal. It depends on the electricity cost in the area where you stop the charge. It right? does, but it's less than gas. It's less than gas. I want to say on average we're paying Maybe eight to ten bucks. Eight to a ten charge. dollars for a, you know. 15 minute charge. Yeah, something like that. Uh, now, one thing that I want to make note of, uh, this is a development that has come up recently. It is not widespread, but Tesla is installing, and I forget what version it is. People on the internet call it version three or version four. It might be version four. You'll have to look that up. But basically their latest charging station not only charges Teslas, but charges other brands of vehicles. I have heard that. You get the Tesla app, just like everybody else has. You set up the account, just like Brandy said, put in your credit card information and stuff. And when you arrive at the, the destination, it knows you don't own a Tesla because the app is on your Tesla account. So it pulls up the stall numbers and lets you pick a stall and say, I want to charge with that. It releases the charge thing with a special adapter. And then you can plug in your Ford Lightning, your Chevy Bolt, your Nissans, your Kias. Any of the electric vehicles out there, you can now charge on these stations. Now, these are not widespread. Uh, most of them are in major cities on the east or west coast. I think they're slowly rolling those out. Mm -hmm. So hopefully in the next year or two, you'll see a lot of those at most of the charging stations that you stop Yes, at. well, and I would expect those to hit the bigger cities first as they move, you know, east and west. I'm thinking places like Dallas, Atlanta. I would expect them to hit those yeah, big places you'll, first. You'll probably see some one-offs here and there because if they're installing a brand new charging station, then they will install Then of course that. they're going to install the latest model, right? Absolutely. They're not going to install old stuff. So there might be one that opens up somewhere that's kind of out of the way. Out of the way, but it was brand new and nothing was there before, so that's why it's got the latest thing on it. But I think that's going to be a big game changer. So because using Tesla's network, you don't have range anxiety. Not like some of these other networks. Yes, and that's something that always concerned me before we made the decision to go with a fully electric vehicle um, until, you know, Jonathan was talking about the Tesla and showed me all the places that you could charge. I was one of those people who was really nervous about getting stuck somewhere, not having any electricity to get my vehicle going. That's why I always liked the idea of the hybrid where you would have that gasoline as a backup. But with Tesla... Um, I just feel like that's the future. 
so that we're not having to rely on the gasoline so much and being able to not have that gas price uh, affecting our trip is really helpful. And right now, batteries are getting better. Tesla's got their next generation of battery that's starting to roll out. I don't think you can on the Model 3 because it's a smaller car, but the Model Y, which is basically kind of like their SUV kind of car, I want to say it gets like 320 oh, that's miles wonderful. on a charge. They're saying the new Cybertruck that's coming out, since it's got a much longer uh, vehicle length, they can fit more batteries. They're saying that was going to have 500 miles on a charge. That's amazing. That's getting to the level of gas mileage for a vehicle. Exactly. So I think, I think, and it, it's not going to be just Tesla. Everybody's going to do this, right? I think so they I, will. I think we're, I think right now we're at the cusp of, you know, every manufacturer has an electric lineup now, and every manufacturer is saying by a certain date they're going to produce only electric vehicles. Ice cars are slowly fading out, I think, when it comes to what the manufacturers are going to produce. I think you're always going to have your one-off ICE vehicles. I think you're going to have your Chargers and Mustangs and stuff that they'll produce. Uh, and what do you mean by ICE? <laughs> internal combustion engine. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a car person. Um, uh, I mean, I prefer for my car not to be ugly, so it's going to take me a long time to get used to the Cybertruck because I, I think it's ugly. I've but... got a reservation for it, so uh, when I end up getting one, I don't know how long that's going to be out, but I'll let you guys know, and I'll do lots of videos on it and stuff. But, absolutely. But yeah, Several I think, years. But... I think ICE vehicles are going to be more of a... I don't think Ford and Chevy is going to stop producing ICE vehicles. I think they'll still have the Camaros or the Mustangs. I mm -hmm. think they'll do specialty vehicles like that in, in internal combustion. But I think their major brands are all the Silverados, the, the F-150s. I think they're all going to go electric eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm looking forward to that because, man, there's so much fun to drive when you step on the gas pedal. Yes, and we still call it the gas pedal. Notice that. Step on the accelerator. The accelerator. The accelerator. That takes too, much, too many syllables. Yes. All right, guys. Well, that's pretty much all we had uh, for today. So as a side note, I did do a video on the latest full self-driving beta that came out here a couple of weeks ago. It's on the YouTube channel. So if you go to youtube.com slash at binary atlas, you'll be able to see that video. Uh, if you have anything you would like us to discuss or any comments about the show, please leave those in the comments down below. We do go over those. We will be glad to address those in future episodes. Also, you'll see there'll be a link to show notes uh, in the description below. That will go to our website where we will have the show notes typed up. You can also leave comments there and we will try to answer any questions that you might have. Absolutely. And, um, Today happens to be Easter, so happy Easter to any of our listeners who celebrate that holiday. Yes, all right. See you guys. We'll talk to you guys later.